And now I would like to present Peter M. Covered alcoholic. Yeah. Grateful to be alive and sober and part of a sacred place called Alcoholics Anonymous and congratulate to everyone who celebrated and uh, thank the group for having me up here again. Uh, we have a few more weeks to go and we'll see where God takes us as far as this work goes. But uh, I'm grateful to be here and again thank you for all the, to the, all the trusted members uh, of this group who set this up and keep it pretty organized. So um, glad to be here. God separated me from alcohol on uh, June 23rd, 1988. I'm a recovered alcoholic. I say recovered because I am and anything less than that would be falsely humble. I didn't come in as a recovered alcoholic. I came in as a sick and suffering alcoholic, suffering from untreated alcoholism. I was praying, but I didn't have a real experience with God. God was a, uh, in name only. And I believed that you believed, and I wanted what you had to offer, but I really believed that there was no chance for me to really have a profound, life-changing experience in Alcoholics Anonymous. I thought I had to go somewhere else, that I would learn how to do it here, but not have it here. And what it came down to was my uh, uh, believing I just wasn't worthy enough, that I was a mistake, that based on my past, there was no way I can experience the glory of God in Alcoholics Anonymous, like some of our elder statesmen. But God doesn't make too hard turns, my book says, for those who earnestly seek. And I sought this power as I do now with the desperation of a drowning man in 1988 as I do now. And the difference between me in 1988 and where I stand tonight is experiences with God and my willingness to still be teachable. And even though I teach, I'm always a student, always have a beginner's mind, always walk with the beginner's mind. That means I can learn more, I can experience more. Once I think I've got it and I'm in charge, I stop being teachable and I begin to get sick. And so what I do nowadays is retreat. And it's not retreating from the world and trying to escape the world, but it's returning home, retreating and coming back to God so I can experience the only reality that there is, and that's the sunlight of the Spirit, God's will. And when I align myself with God's will, everything is okay again. It's when I'm not aligned with God's will that I'm in conflict with you. And so I returned to prayer and meditation as I did in 1988. Just the differences are my experiences, deep and profound, life-changing experiences, not one, but many. Because God is abundance. God will continue to serve. We get reborn and resurrected in Alcoholics Anonymous. So it isn't just one experience, but it's experiences. How willing am I to continue on the path? Because my profound experience the first time through the work looks nothing like it did the 15th or 20th time through the work. It looks nothing like it did with maybe six or nine months as it does now with 25 years. All God experiences, but at a different level. And so in our early journey, we can see the sunrise or the sunset, the birth of our children, and it's an experience. I still can't believe when I watch the sun come up, I moved, it's an experience, but it isn't enough to change my life. And some of us could get mixed up with that, that we keep running to the beach to watch the sunset and we get drunk that night. 
what the 12 steps allow me because it takes me to have an experience of God as a life-changing experience. We're no longer the, uh, the same. We're made new from the inside out. And my belief systems begin to change, which means my actions begin to change because my experience with God is now a profound one. It's begun. And we may have spiritual beliefs at the beginning. It may be the infancy of a spiritual experience. But at some point, we will arrive and stand in the presence of God in Alcoholics Anonymous. And we can do that in our church. We can do it in our synagogue. But we definitely can do it in Alcoholics Anonymous. But there's more to it. We can't just come to a meeting. I, if I speak for myself, I just can't come to an AA meeting and expect to find the glory of God. I might go home really resentful and disappointed, depending on what meeting I go to. I think I shared a few weeks ago, I'll hear, you know, meeting ABC is the perfect AA big book meeting until I walked in and it's no longer perfect. Because of my imperfections and my ego and my self-centeredness. But I will experience the perfect spirit. When I get to experience God and nothing less than that great fact, and I think I shared this a million times in the last few weeks, this whole thing, Alcoholics Anonymous, is about getting us to have an experience with God. And when we get the experience with God, we should be shouting God from the rooftops in meetings of Alcoholics Anonymous and not apologizing for that power. This should be a pep rally for the power of God in Alcoholics Anonymous because we have people celebrating days, we have people celebrating months, and we have people celebrating years. If it wasn't for God, God, we'd all be dead or drunk. And yet we can take that gift of sobriety for granted and get lazy and flatline and rest on my laurels. But it's about cons 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 uh, always changing. There's greater pain in not changing than the change itself. And if I submit to my myself to this process, if I surrender to this power called God, God will move me along even though I leave claw marks in the wall. He will move me along. But I think I shared last week that this, the gate is a small, it's a narrow gate. The path is very small. This isn't just wide open. It says it's open to all men, but going through the archway is very narrow. The path to selfish and self-seeking and self-centeredness is huge. Many will go through that one, but won't return here. I think we all can say we've suffered enough to sit in a chair of a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous. Now that we're here, what are we doing about it, huh? What am I doing about it with 25 years saying, well, I got 25 years, let the newcomer make coffee? No. I still make a bunch of meetings a week. I'm still looking for new people I came to get and I stay to give. That's where God has put me to be an effective agent for God. That's what God has allowed me to do. And I hope to transmit something that God has given me, hope getting recovered, permanent sobriety, even though we live a day at a time. Agents for God, that's what we are. God's begging to have a relationship. We're born to be saints. What are we doing about it? What am I doing about it? I have a great manual. It's called the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. I walk into so many meetings, they want to bring the book up. You're a troublemaker. I know Mike catches heat. I've caught heat. A lot of us catch heat for going to an AA meeting with the Big Book. I'm a Catholic. Imagine me walking to church with a Bible and the priest says, what are you bringing that thing in here for? <clears throat> oh, we're going to talk about the steps. We want a nice sick meeting. Leave us alone, right? right? So the folks who made chips tonight, counting days, congratulations for a day of sobriety, a week of sobriety, three months of sobriety. But I'll ruffle feathers. If you got a 90-day chip tonight, how many people are you sponsoring? Right? Imagine if Bill had to wait 90 days or one year to sponsor somebody. 
Imagine if Ebby had to wait a year to sponsor somebody. We hear that, get a sponsor with a year or more sobriety. Where did that one come from? I don't know, probably a therapist who's not an AA. <laughs> <laughs> You know, by the way, just get off the subject here. The, the test you take to be an alcoholic counselor, they tell you you can't sponsor someone to have five years clean and sober. How many people do they murder with a statement like that? You know what's frightening? We have people in AA who believe that. Right? That's why I'm so grateful to be able to share truth and to my teachers who gave me truth and didn't care about my feelings. I'm grateful for this message that brought me to a power called God. And my job now is to give back. And the more I give, it seems the more I get. I nurture the spirit. I get my soul food. We get our soul food in Alcoholics Anonymous. And we can do a lot of other great things with this. We turn on religious communities, whatever we might do. But we become effective agents for God in all we do. How's my walk? Right. Now, last week we were talking about step nine. Our book talks about it can't transmit something I haven't got. We will what we do, and that could be untreated alcoholism. If I'm spiritually unfit, if I'm sick, if I've gone sideways, if I'm suffering from untreated alcoholism, my, the guys I sponsor are going to get it. So I have a responsibility to innocent people who come to me saying, can you help me? What am I passing on? My ego? My untreated alcoholism, my resentments, my fears, my unfinished amends life, because if I have unfinished amends that I could be making, my life is out of order. If I have amends that I could be making tonight by not hurting anyone in so doing, and I'm not making them, when I'm talking to you, when I'm interacting with you, I'm still in the past. I'm never present. I'm still driven by voices of the past, and my life is out of order. One of the things we're talking about this today, what step nine does, we don't talk a lot about this in AA, it's the purification of me. Because more self dies, more of me dies, the ego gets grinded into dust even more, and what's left is a purification of me, purity, honesty, unselfishness, and love that the Oxford group is talking about. It comes through the process of going out and making amends to others who I've harmed based on my effort to live life on self-will. No one forced me to go steal. No one forced me to lie. No one forced me to step on. No one forced me to do harm to you. I did it. And I removed the past by, being, by taking care of unfinished amends. It purifies me. And then I stand ready to enter the world of the spirit, which step 10 talks about. I can't sneak in there. I can't trick God. Well, God won't know I have unfinished amends. I'll just go right in. <laughs> Same thing with our fifth step, when we don't put stuff down, God won't know about this. So it's about me completing amends, and some of the amends that we make are not gonna be made in our time. In fact, my time is usually wrong. God's time is perfect. So again, I need to seek God. The book over and over again is driving me back to seeking counsel with God so I can get as independent of the sponsor as quick as possible and dependent upon God. The 12 and 12 talks about dependence upon God gives me independence in life, right? I need to worship one power, God. I can't worship this, and I worship that. The house divided against itself can't stand. So where do I stand in this? Worship her, that, it, and God? Is prayer the most important vent of my day? Or is it one of the things I have to do during the day? Is God the most important relationship I have, or is it just one of the many relationships I hope to have, or that I do have? 
Everything starts with this power called God, and the book drives me there. And when I start to complete amends, I start to wake up, I start to become, feel like I'm being filled with this spirit called God. That's what our book talks about. That's what AA's about. It makes no sense that people like me, people like us, who did what we did out there, became what we became, land in Alcoholics Anonymous, and submit to this. Submit to direction, submit to the 12 steps, submit and surrender to God in all my brokenness, and somehow the life gets reborn and resurrected, and the same person who was damaging and harmful to other people becomes a rock-solid citizen. I don't break the law anymore, I don't steal anymore, I don't need to lie anymore, I have a life of rigorous honesty and I don't think of it anymore. That's the neat thing. Well, I need to be rigorously honest here. It just flows, that's how it goes. And if I harm you, I move to make amends. I don't need to remember, oh, I need to make amends now. It becomes who we be. And that's the oneness and the integration with us in God. Does not me and something else anymore. Is that me and God, me and my car, me and my money, it's all God. And we start to feel the integration, the oneness with us and this power. It's who we be. And when that transformation has, we are, happens, we are brand new. In reality, we return home to what God created at the beginning. Perfect in spirit, with all our brokenness and the personality flaws. It's the stuff in six and seven. And yet sometimes we settle on don't drink and go to meetings. Put the plug in the jug, hang in there, day at a time. I'm practicing acceptance, you know. And we have this power called God's ready to heal. And how do I find God? Well, go to the big book. Oh, we're going to get drastic. Now, I knew you were going to ruin everything by taking me to the big book. But how desperate are we? So my timing is never right, but God's timing is perfect. And so I need to turn to God, and what we will do, what I do, is seek counsel from my sponsor about going out and make amends. And some of them are very simple. I stole money, I come back with the money. And if the money was stole 10 or 15 years ago, I need to figure out money's worth more now. So if I stole 20 bucks 20 years ago, it's probably worth about 40 or 50 now. And I go make amends when I'm not going to cause more harm in so doing. And some of them are tricky. Broken relationships, children might be involved, old uh, 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 bosses, maybe I stole with some other people. I can't bring other people involved in that amends and cause them harm because I need to get a ninth step notch on my belt. I need to seek counsel. Sometimes I need to get permission from people too before I go make the amends. Just run in there and say, here I am, and take everyone else with you. So I seek counsel. It's really critical that I still do it. I seek counsel with my sponsor. Some of the amends are going to take a while. And I just want to share two quick stories with you. Uh, there was one gentleman when I was in treatment who was in charge of us going to the physical fitness piece. And they would take us to this gymnasium and we'd work out and do things like that. And I had the, uh, the, 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 the brainstorm, because I wanted to get loaded, that on the way from the treatment center, it was across the yard, maybe a 20-yard walk to the gymnasium, that the Sunrise Highway was right there. I'm going over the wall. They won't know. They'll never miss me. Well, what I did was I ran the wrong way. Right? And uh, we can't count and tell time. And I took this 100-yard run. I'm detoxing, by the way. I'm doing this 100-yard run, and this guy, we'll call him Joe, is in pursuit. 
And I said, I'll outrun him. What I found out later, the guy's been a, 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 a marathon runner forever. You know, he could have ran <laughs> to Montana, right? And he got me at the gate and he's pleading with me, please don't leave, Peter, don't do this, come back. And I cursed him with every four letter word I can think of. And they were trained, they couldn't put their hands on, on the client, so he had to let me go. What I didn't know was, he almost got fired for that. He was responsible for his clients. He got read the riot act. He was in a lot of trouble for that. I didn't care. I couldn't care. I returned to treatment and I snubbed him. I really thought he was a pain in the neck. Okay, I get sober. A few years later and I'm in my ninth step and I'm trying to get in touch with this guy, Joe. And I call up this hospital where I was at and they would say, we'll leave a message. He's not around. We think he worked somewhere else. I sent letters, zero. But I continued to pray for the willingness to make amends. And he was on my list. Well, I'm sober about 17 years now. And I'm working in the treatment center business. And one day I'm, I'm doing some marketing and I make a trip out to Amityville, Long Island to the treatment center. And I got there a lot earlier than I had planned. About an hour and a half, two hours earlier than I planned. There was no traffic and I got right there. And the first thing I thought was, well, I'll go to a diner, have some tea, have a cup of coffee. I got a couple hours to spend. I'll do some reading and go in. And Spirit says, no, go in now. Now, when God moves you, you get moved. And I parked the truck. I got where my duffel bag and I walked in. I don't know why I'm going in two hours early, but here I go. And who's walking out was this guy. And I approached him and he remembered me. I not only made the approach, I made the amends. I completed the amends, and he was so happy for me that I was still sober, had this many years, and I was involved in this business. Gave me a hug, it was done. When I was about 17, I, had, uh, I was dating a young lady, and I completely blew up everything. Her parents loved me. Her younger brother thought I was his older brother. Her family really cared for me. But being an alcoholic, I was only interested in me, and I broke her heart and I blew up their life. Well, just a few years ago, I, I, I had gone through to work, and um, I'm, I'm looking around for this person, I can't find them, go through to work again, and um, they show up. I get a message, make a phone call, and it went like this, I thought you were dead. And this woman explained to me that my family talks about you regularly. We didn't know what happened to you. We thought you were dead. We don't see your family. Whatever happened? What happened to you way back when, when you were 17? Okay. I'm sober almost 25 years, and I get this immense to me. Years later, and I explained to her what my life looked like. I made amends to her for my behavior, and I start to talk to her about Alcoholics Anonymous. He says, you mean you can never drink? Not even wondering, he says, I could, but I can't stop, right? <laughs> and I start to explain to her alcoholism, and then she says, let me ask you something. My husband polishes off a bottle or two of wine every night, and every time I tell him to stop, he won't stop, and he argues with me. And she starts to explain her husband's behavior to me. She says, I think my husband's an alcoholic. Will you be able to help him? I said, yeah, here's my phone number. Give it to me. Have him call me. He never called me. 
I never heard from her again. The amends was made years later. And the thing about this is not only God's timing's perfect, but sometimes we're making amends for one thing, they will come out and say, hey, I have someone who needs help with AA, can you take them there? That's happened to me numerous times. We're effective agents for God. That piece is done, she knows I'm healthy, I'm an Alcoholics Anonymous, I've moved on, she's moved on, we can go go our own ways without any pain or hurt. And I stood ready to help her husband if he wanted help. That's God working. The sheep is lost, bring them back to the flock. That's not only in AA, that's just in life, that's what we do. Practice these principles in all my affairs, huh? And when, what happens is as we start to clean up the wreckage of our past and making the approach, some people we can't make the approach, some people we can't go to because we'll cause more harm, but are we willing to? Am I willing to go make amends? Step nine will say you can't because you're going to cause more harm, but I'm willing to go. And that's what it requires, a willingness to go fix it. Need to be willing to go to everyone on my eight-step list. Step nine will say, you can't go to this one. But we can make what I call the indirect amends. If you can't go to an old relationship because I trashed her life, I treat women with love and respect and dignity. Right? Don't 13-step in AA. I send them to the woman. I send them to marry when they're new and they come in. I don't say, well, I'll be a sponsor. You know, We laugh, but we see it. We see it. Right? If I can't go to an old employer because I bezeled from him and I might get other people implicated in that mess, the next guy I work for, I'm an honest worker. And I take the money I stole and I put it into charities. It is not my money. If I work for XYZ company and I stole $1,000 or $10,000 and now I'm on this side of the archway but I can't go back to that employer, that's not my money. I give it to charity. I help out another drunk quietly. I put it in a poor box in church, whatever. It's not my money. It's got to go back into the universe because if it isn't, the circle will never get complete. And in this journey, like a circle around a triangle, if the circle is not complete, we're still split in the past and in the future. And when we start to work through step nine and start to clean up the wreckage of our past, even the ones we can't make but we're willing to, we will pass through the archway and little by slowly that circle will get closed. The resentments will be uh, reconciled, the fears will be put away, the outstanding amends will be healed, there will be healing taking place, the spirit will awaken, and when that circle gets closed, there is no beginning, there is no end, it just is. We're present, we're awake, and we stand in the sunlight of the spirit. But if I still have stuff from the past, I will never be present. And in this moment is the only place I can experience God. My experience with God 20 years ago doesn't exist now. It's not a current experience. My sponsor, Mark, would always say, where are we currently? Where are we currently? Okay, got a spiritual transformation 20 years ago. How are we doing now? Went through the work two years ago. Where are you now? Can't get full on yesterday's lunch. It's a constant pruning and cleaning and purifying. And then we move into step 10. It says we've entered the world of the spirit. It doesn't mean I get free room and board, by the way. This word maintenance, step 10, has gotten butchered. While I enter the world of the spirit, it's a maintenance step, which means I do nothing, by the way. Maintenance step means I hang around. I got mine. You got yours. It's the caring of the soul, getting our soul food, nurturing the spirit, taking care of it. 
And how do I take care of my spirit? By being a part of this and all three sides of the triangle. Keeping the circle closed. Not that you can't come in or nothing get out, but I mean closed like healed, complete. That's a better word, complete. No beginning, no end, just awake. And being consistent, accountable, and responsible to at least one other human being who's on this path in Alcoholics Anonymous. Consistency, accountability, and responsibility. Because it all trickles back to God. It's easy to be spiritual when I have a pocket full of money, I got a new car, got the new relationship, got a promotion at work, everybody likes me. Oh, I'm a spiritual guru. How do I handle when things don't go my way? We live in a world of impermanence. We live in a world that's constantly changing. How do I handle those sort of distractions and temptations that are out there? Because they're out there, the flesh is weak. And I don't mean just the flesh, I'm talking about we are weak. Money will push us. Relationships will push us. Property, prestige, uh, 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 applause will push us. How do I go through that stuff? How do I handle disappointments in Alcoholics Anonymous? The broken relationships, sickness and death. How do I move through that? Am I less spiritual because things go in my way? I will see, you will see how spiritual I am when the dam breaks. How am I doing then? Am I grateful for just a banquet? Am I grateful for an empty stomach too? Am I grateful for a pocket full of money? Am I grateful when there's no money in my pocket? And I don't know how I'm going to make my, my bills at the end of the month. Can I still have a spirit of gratitude? Because I'm above ground, sucking air, and a part of Alcoholics Anonymous and sober. Because at the end of the day, that's all I got. The money I have now might be gone tomorrow. I might be on food stamps in a week. I might be rich in a week. That's none of my business. My business is my relationship with God, which allows me to treat you like a child of God, which is what we do in AA. That makes no sense. How do people who are living the way we lived, live the way I live, come in here and treat others with grace and dignity? It's God. I can't do that consistently if I'm driven by voices in the past and the old me. By the way, when we say old behavior in AA, we hear a lot, oh, that's old behavior, still doing it. It's not old, it's very current. <laughs> right? Old behavior is the ego, that's my old behavior. But you're doing it now. <laughs> Enter the world of the spirit. My next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness, my book tells. Grow. If we look at our book, especially in 10.11, uses words like next, uh, uh, grow. Uh, at once, our book uses words that apply action, continue, vigorously, commence. Never says hang around. Constantly moving. You ever watch a duck on a pond? They're just so graceful, just kind of smooth like the ice skating. You ever see how they're hard they're working underneath the water? They're working. They're working. That's my job. I'm a worker in the field. God's field. And I'm going to get blistered and dirty, but I'm going to work. And it allows me to move gracefully through life. Entering the world of the spirit doesn't mean I get free room and body to grow in understanding and effectiveness. There's a great piece of information that will split a lot of our AA. It says, we cease fighting anything or anyone, dash, even alcohol. When we came in here, when I came here, I was fighting booze all the time. And I was fighting you. But this is almost an afterthought. So the question we ask is, who am I fighting in my mind when no one's around? Am I still at war with people? 
especially folks from the past, because it means I'm still living in the past. I'm not free of my past. How could I be present? It says, for by this time, sanity will have returned. Back in step two, we were talking about coming to believe this arrival place that I'm going to be restored to wholeness of mind. Step 10, the contract is delivered. Here it is. You got it. Wholeness of mind. If I have wholeness of mind, which means I'm living the truth, I'm living with God, I'm not even thinking about drinking. I will talk about drinking. I'll remember about drinking when I need to use it to help you. I don't go through my day thinking about drinking. Oh, my God, I can use a drink, a nice cold beer on a hot day. That stuff's been removed, not by me, but by God. How spiritually fit am I? How free do we want to be? How free do I want to be? And if I'm free tonight, can I get freer, experience more of God? There's no limit to that. I don't know about you, but when I was drinking, just give me more drink. I was a glutton. More drink. I know I got sick. I know I passed out. Give me more. I V me Jack Daniels. Right? Any of you crackheads ever take your head off a pipe, say, oh, got to go to work. See you tomorrow. Right? It's just give me more. And then we come into alcoholics and I'm so, oh, I've had enough God for tonight. There's too much God here. Right? Abundance of God. I will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, I recall from that as from a hot flame. These are 10-step promises. I react sanely and normally, sanely and normally. And I find that this has happened automatically, which means my book is promising me that I, Peter Marinelli, doesn't have to remember where I come from, think to drink through, play the tape to the end, keep it green, go to a detox to keep it green. Do you ever hear such a selfish thing in your life? Take a detox commitment. You'll remember where you come from. So I'm using your pain and misery for my selfish benefit. Don't go. Get spiritually fit and then go help. I will see how my new attitude to liquor has been given to me without any thought or effort on my part. No thought is required. No thinking mind is required. They keep it out of the way. No mind equals total presence equals peace. I don't need a mind. I need to experience God. It just comes. That is the miracle of it. I'm not fighting it, neither am I avoiding temptation. I feel as though I've been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. I've not even sworn off. The problem has been removed, recovered. Problem's been removed. It's no longer a problem. The light is out. We put a new light bulb in. It's fixed. Move on. It'll keep changing the light bulb. We get recovered in Alcoholics Anonymous, not only from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, but the isms that accompany my alcoholism. Me putting down a drink, that's just the beginning. I've been locked up, put down a drink. I've been in detox, put down a drink. I've been rehab, put down the drink, only to go get drunk again. Something changed this time. I seek out God, and I get recovered from my alcoholism. Because when we put down a drink, you still got the isms. You got the sex, the food, the money, the attachments, the ego, the pride, the seven deadly sins. It's all there waiting for me. We get recovered from that. And so I continue to surrender and see what I can do to grow and understand the effectiveness. Not, even, not to talk about it from a podium. This podium is a reflection of what I did all week. This podium is a reflection of my experiences that I do while I'm in the trenches. I don't prepare for this. So this has nothing or little to do with what I do. It's when I go home tonight, how am I doing? It's when I wake up in the morning and I hit my knees and I seek my God. 
It's when I close the night and I give thanks. So it's when I'm working, how am I treating my workers? How am I treating the men who work for me? How am I treating my employer who pays me every week? I show up for work, do what I love for a living, and then he pays me. This makes no sense. I do what I do, what I love to do. I go to work on days off. I say I'm going to take tomorrow off, I still come in. And my boss says, here's a check, thank you. Makes no sense. How am I doing? Let this be a reflection of that. And if I could, let my life be a reflection of God's love and mercy in me to you. Let me bear witness for you, and you bear witness for me. And we commence shoulder to shoulder upon a common journey. Booze don't have a shot. We get free. That's all I got. Peace.